The Live Radio Project was our last best hope for news. A self-contained podcast two hours long, located in neutral territory. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads, community members and developers. A shining beacon in space, all alone on a Tuesday night. It was the dawn of the third chapter of Elite. The year's space legs came upon us all. This is the story of the last of the Ladian stations. The year is 3307. The name of the place? Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 367 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford, and joining me in the orange sidewinder bar for this episode, we have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Aid Levice, otherwise known as Ben Moss Woodward. We also have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. Hello. And also joining us, and welcome back to uh, Commander Psychit, our staff liaison officer. Hello. Hello. If you wish, you can join us live. We are supposedly hanging out in game in open. Whereabouts are you, Ben? I am indeed at live station. So, uh, for the time being, anyway, I'm at live station. I might move around a bit. I don't know. I'll see. Yes. If you can't get to us in-game, you can always join the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through liveradio.com slash live, click on the live chat, or you can go to twitch.tv slash liveradio, or liveradio on YouTube, or even liveradio on Facebook. So, um, we'll have a quick run around the crew, uh, see how they've been up for the last couple of uh, weeks in well in Psychic's case anyway. Uh and uh so but we will start this week with Commander Shan. How's Project Beta going? You mean test subject gamma? Well it's one of them. It's one of um, those Greek letters. Well in well starting off in game, um slowly making my way uh to one of the colonia bridge ships to check that out. Um, I was on my way to rescue you, Colin, but I'm sure we'll uh, come on to that later. Um, so out of game, uh, Test Subject Gamma, a.k.a. Hobbs, has re- recovered from his Mrs. Shan encouraged wasps thing, which is good, and um, had a escape into the garden, because we had him on a, we have a, a harness we put him on. And then we put a stake in the ground attached to a, a log or dog lead. And then he can run around the garden 
sort of what, on what the kind end of steak? A nice sirloin or it's better? No, well, it, it's 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 a proper dog lead steak. It's no, what, like... yeah, a dog lead steak. I've never heard of a dog lead steak. I've heard of of ribs, uh, you can get um, them on you, you can get them from Iceland apparently. Never, okay. Are they frozen? They come from Iceland, so yeah. Um okay. anyway, anyway, so we he um he managed to wriggle out of the said harness and went completely crazy. He and you know like Trinity in the Matrix when she does the run around the wall thing and thing like that. Well, he did that around the garden fence. He was like running horizontally around the garden fence trying to get out. Um so there was a bit of a game to try and catch him again, which fortunately we did. So we've got a new harness and uh, um, taking him out for a proper walk, um, which is quite interesting because uh, where we are in the village, obviously people taking cats out for a walk are a very strange thing. So we got some very strange what? looks. No, Shan, that's yeah. a very strange thing in the world. Yeah, uh, I must admit, it, it, it's a case of, oh yeah, we've got to head out, we've just got to take the cat for a walk. Um, hmm. No, it's not, it's very good for them actually. If you've got an indoor cat, it is recommended you take them out for a walk um, every so often. As I've never owned an indoor cat, I'm afraid I'm going to have to defer to, to Jeanne on this one, but it does sound a bit odd. Anyway, anyway, we got we get some quite unusual looks and some weird comments uh, from people as they saw uh, Hobbs walk along. Cat on, cat on a lead. Cat on a lead, yeah. Um, and uh, I also found out today, or yesterday rather, that it is impossible to make a cat dizzy by spinning it around. And again, any uh, complaints anybody wants to make to the RSPCA, <laughs> please... Lave Radio is not responsible for for Shan's um, cat handling habits. Well, it, it, I didn't get it by the tail or anything like that, and in the proverbial swing a cat. It was just like cuddling it and spinning round and round and round a bit slowly, just to see what happened to it. And I got dizzy, and it didn't. So I I, I thought you were testing the size of your rooms. Uh, <laughs> oh dear. So. Apart from that, everything good? Um, what else is going on? Oh, we've got all the mini shans here. Um, youngest mini shan passed his promotion, of course. So he's got oh, a good. week. He's got a week off, and he has to learn where he's going to be posted and take up his new rank. Um, eldest mini shan is busy um, doing assessing. And another note is I, I can't sing the praises of the Arcane series on Netflix highly enough. Absolutely incredible, incredible, incredible series. My my series of the year of the year so far, and dare I say, it, even better than Squid Game, Arcane, absolutely brilliant. Well, I've got to get Cowboy Bebop out of the way first before starting on that. So anyway, <laughs> shall we move on to Ben? How have you been this week? Uh yeah, it's been it's been an interesting week for me. So I'll get the DIY stuff done first. Uh, our floor is halfway laid. Uh, we have two doors down, one painted. Um, we have most of the of the fourth wall broken. Um, we have IKEA fucking us up royally. Um, oh, and apparently I put the curtain poles up uh, half an inch too high, but I flatly refused to make drill any holes because we're drilling into the into the lintel of the of the windowsill. 
and I ain't doing that. Uh, last time, last time we did that, about a quarter of the the wall fell down, and I ain't doing that ever again. Why am I getting images of some mothers who have them? I don't know. <laughs> um, psycho. Um, so we got this 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 person psycho cow making comments on on uh, <laughs> Facebook. Apparently, he, he says yeah. how boring you're actually finishing DIY. Oh oh, oh and I've I've also installed a um, doorbell. Yes. So we have we have a I have, we have a working doorbell again. That's a good sign. The thing is, though, cow. Um, sorry, I just wanted to interrupt. Ben. Yeah. The thing is, though, cow about Ben's DIY is it's like the fourth bridge. Because he'll finish it, or think he finishes it, and he then has to go back and correct what he tried to do, and then go back and correct. So he never actually finishes it. It's just a series of corrections. That's essentially the story with the... Oh, the curtains. You know, the wife told me, just use the holes that are already there. You don't want to drill into these things. I don't want to drill into them. I completely agreed with her. Uh, So I used the existing holes, and the existing holes are apparently half an inch too high. That to me sounds like it's a measurement problem from the person who um, who did measured the curtains that we're getting. Judging what I used to that, and it sounds like using blue tack to put the curtains up or something. Um, Psyche, uh, just looking at your uh, your quotes there. Uh, when you say keep him occupied, was that about the cat wheel or whether or not that Ben needs his DIY? Um. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, have you been into anything in game then? Ben? So in game, um, I've gone off and I've I've signed up with the fuel rats. Uh, I'm 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 not I'm still I'm still just a rattling. Um, I've been on a couple of of rescues, um, what, both of which actually have been quite exciting. Um, I've ne- I've not actually dropped any limpet. I've not been the first responder for anyone yet, but. Um, I did like an emergency escape from Lave Station uh, uh, the other day, and en route out of the station, I was under attack in my my fuel ratting ship. So you know, I've got no she- I've got minimal shields, um, no weapons, and fuel limpets. Um, and I I was under attack leaving leaving the station, but I made it. I escaped and I made it to the client in time. And the client got fuel, so that's a good sign. Uh, um, by by human attacked by humans or I was or attacked by humans. by real humans. Ah. Uh, they decided they were going to send a few missiles up my up my up my tailpipe. Uh, so that that was that was exciting. Um, I've done some trial runs, and they were they were all kind of exciting as well. Um, we've had one client who can't spell my name, but thankfully somebody else came on, and they managed to they managed to spell the other person's name, so that was okay. Well, they couldn't spell uh, Ben. Well, they, no, they couldn't spell my commander name, Edelweiss. Um, I have learned that, and I hope they don't mind me saying this, but yeah, th- there could be a, a need for uh, console commanders uh, to help out the fuel rats. So, you know, I mean, they're always looking for people anyway. But I, I do, I did sort of, I have noticed that they'll sometimes have to go off and try and find a uh, console commander. Rather than having ten PC commanders sitting in the wings, all um, I can say to little Bigkin is that'll cause constipation. Okay, Shan, you've been you've been uh, going mad in the chat room. What would you like to say to Ben about the fuel rats? Well, it was a general question, really, to Ben being a fuel rats representative on the show. I'm not a fuel rat representative. 
Um, anyway, um, anyway. Uh, are lots of people running out of fuel legitimately, or do they do it just to get a fuel rack to come along? Because... Oh, no, so far, everything I've seen has been a legitimate rescue. So why do people run out of fuel? So I'm not I'm not trying to be awkward and like that, but no. I'm genuinely interested as to how come sort of several years after games release, people are still running out of fuel. A lot of people were actually brand new commanders. Yeah, I was reading, um, you know, I was re reading a lot of the chat logs and things like that, and yeah, you know, a lot of them are yeah, you know, I've only just gotten the game and things like that. So that's actually quite good, I guess, for the health of Elite that they're still getting a lot of new commanders. Back when I was doing it, there were, um, I, I still haven't got my tail yet, but back when I was doing it, there was a lot of new commanders. It, Although, to be fair, when I did when I did my, the big lump of fuel writing that I was doing, it was on the Epic release. But I, you do hear that it's the new commanders who maybe, it, it's another thing that they don't tell you straight off the back. So I could get a new commander, Ben, and I could call a fuel route and lay in wait for you to turn up. Yeah, of course you could, but you could also just show up as Shan or even Shenanigans, and a fuel rat would turn up and accept that you're there just to kill them. Because that's no, what no I wouldn't does. do that. No, I'm too nice to blow up a fuel rat. Oh, well, you, you could also, they'd also accept you're there just to waste their time. No, 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 no. I'll, seriously, I, I, I think fuel rats should be immune from ganking, simply because they give their time to help other people out. Mm -hmm. And if you gank a fuel rat, then you're a bit of a burke. In my you are. I, I would agree with that. Uh, I'm sure it does happen, but I've yeah, not it seen it. I've not seen it yet. Um, and I, yeah, I've seen people literally <laughs> rushing home from doing the shopping, dropping their shopping off. Yeah, I'm picturing them sort of running in, the, dropping their shopping off sort of in the hall, diving onto their console to rescue somebody. Um, and you know, the client got rescued, and that was that was all good. I was a fuel rat once. And then you take an arrow to the knee? <laughs> no, that's, that's been patched, hasn't it? Um, it has, yes. But no, that best fuel rat story we, we covered, I think, on Live Radio was a couple of years ago where they flew, what was it, 24 hours? Oh, yeah. To reach, to reach someone? Yeah, you I mean, know, there's, that's, there's that's a lot of epic stories. Stunning. Um, anyway, you, you have to have a fuel rat report. Uh, I can't really give a, an exciting fuel rat report other than, you know, those, th they're some of the stories I've seen, but I, don't, I can't, you, know, you obviously can't keep talk about the clients too much and things. Like confidentiality. Yeah, stuff like that. No. Right. But yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. Excellent. Well, we'll move on to Psychic. Welcome back. We know you were a bit poorly last week. Thanks. I'm, I'm feeling a lot better now. And uh, what have you been up to then? Apart oh. From getting better. oh, a lot of, um, a lot of, Frontier games um, that uh, a lot of elite, a lot of um, Jurassic World. Um, we went to see um, in in real life. We went to see a musical um, a couple of Mondays back, which was very very good. It was at um, at the Cardiff Millennium Centre, which is the first time I've ever been in there, and it was really beautiful. And um, the the musical was everybody's talking about Jamie. Which is fantastic. I highly recommend. Excellent. Um, but yeah, just like messing about with the dog. Play like I, I found having been an owner of house cats for a really long time, that if you play with them in the house and give them exercise within the house, you don't actually have to take them on walks. Um, there are actual toys that you can get for Bengals as well, um, like one fast cat, which are absolutely cracking. 
Um, yeah, we've got yeah, we've got a whole box of toys, and the cat found its way into it today, and it was like a kid has found his Christmas presents. Um, but we just want to. Well, the thing is, though, we take dogs out for a walk, and we just want to give it the full walking adventure cat experience. Yeah, ours was out of um, ours has rolled out of harnesses before as well. So, um, yeah, and then um, went and met a very good friend of mine in um, in Cardiff as well for the first time. Someone that I've known online, and that's about it. And then lots of um, Elite Dangerous and background simulation working stuff which isn't going well because you know it's all all dire and um i made myself and I, I made myself a new ship um i've made i've made myself a little carrier for um doing bgs stuff um in my air in the um the squadrons area because it's quite nice to have a small ship um because it's easier to land closer to the places yep. um and then other than that, I'm just addicted to Jurassic World Evolution 2. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I saw the review for it in The Guardian, which, you know, first of all, it got reviewed in The Guardian. And <laughs> uh, uh, secondly, they said it was the closest we'll ever get to actually having the park for real. So <laughs> that's high fantastic. praise. It is a fantastic game. It is consuming. I, I think about it when I'm not playing it. It's really bad. Oh no, she's I heard that the oh the story mode is a bit short. Is that right? Or the campaign, okay? yeah, the campaign is um is probably about five and a half hours, if that. However, it acts for me. It acts more like a tutorial. If you've played the yeah. first game, it's like a this is what we're introducing that is new. Um, so play through this, learn the game a little bit, and then. Um, then you're into sandbox, which is the main the, thing. Anyway. The challenge mode and the chaos theory is absolutely where it's at. It's amazing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Something to something to have a look at at a later uh, point. Oh, so yes, so psychic. So one of the things I felt a bit limiting about the first Jurassic Park was it was quite difficult to lure the guests to get eaten by the dinosaurs. You had to work quite hard to get to kill loads of people. Is it easier to if you like eat people in this in this I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know I wouldn't know um I haven't haven't tried that yet the challenges um that I've experienced thus far haven't been let's see how many people you can kill and how much of your park you can mess up um I've not I've not really played the sandbox the, yet yeah because because in the first one unless they patched it because I haven't played it for a year or so but in the first one I had the idea of putting a shelter in a fence and then opening the gate, standing your arms, all the people then run into the shelter, and then putting dinosaurs in the sealed off area, then releasing the people, then they'd all run out of the shelter and get eaten. But you couldn't actually seal off the shelter. I don't know that you'd be able to do that. I don't know that you'd be able to do that in Jurassic World 2 either. Um, Because there's a modicum of um, belief within the game that you don't actually want people to be eaten by dinosaurs. I know it's a novel experience for you. For science, um, I think it's well proven that big, sharp teeth, uh, when impacting on um, soft, fleshy bodies, normally win. I, th- I think that one's been well proven time and time again, Shan. I, I don't think science needs to step in here. <laughs> um, okay, so we'll. Um, <laughs> I like this. Paul Archer in the chat room says Shan would find a way. 
Well, um, it's the same as in the, the zoo game, wasn't it? I I saw a video of because you couldn't actually feed people to lions and stuff in the zoo game, and that's why you didn't buy it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I, I couldn't feed the people to the lions or whatever. You know, I just couldn't do it. But apparently, someone found a way by putting the putting the the lions on top of a of a plateau, and then hollowing out the plateau and then just dropping the lions on top of the people underneath it. So you can kind of do it, but I didn't think of it. So. Oh, it, you can just hear the disappointment in your voice. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, let's see. What have I been up to for the last week? Um, let's see. Well, plenty of power play. Um, the the Emperor is now back up to number two in the power play charts. Thanks, thanks to a, a Sterling effort by uh, by our followers. Um, those I have to thank those guys who are following me uh, on on Twitch as I crawl my way to Colonia. I had a bit of a uh, an accident, which would be explained by what else happened to me uh, this weekend, uh, which meant that my clipper went for I, I crashed in it into a planet at about 300 kilometers uh, meters a second uh, and lost 75% of the hull. That wasn't good. Um, but unfortunately, what happened to me over the weekend was that I got my COVID booster. And let's just say it didn't go all that well. Sort of kind of in hospital, Saturday, Sunday, hooked up to a drip and plenty of paracetamol. It was, um, yeah... Uh, <laughs> one of the rare occasions, I'm afraid to say. Um, go on, Sean. I was just about to say, just the fact that Colin ended up in hospital for a couple of days should not put people off getting their booster. Just eligible for it. Well, put it this way, my um, <laughs> as as everyone refers to Mrs. Shan or Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Ben. Well, in that case, Mrs. Colin, uh, she had her booster the next day. Well, well, I just got out of hospital, so uh, and she's managed absolutely fine. Well, I had my booster this week as well, and I had a bit of a sore arm for a day, and and that and that was it. I mean, it does seem as though the booster seems to, and this is, it seems to give people more symptoms than first lot did. And I had a leaflet that said that's entirely normal because your body is then fighting back our you know, against the booster, as it should do. So if, if you're sick, then don't worry about it. It's, it means your immunity is building. Yeah, I'm getting my booster on the 6th of December, I believe. Yay. So, um, yeah, don't don't get put off by my experience. I, I, I had a rare event, but um, I'd still say to people, get it. If you if it's available, are you okay um, now? Aren't you? So yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Well, just the uh, <laughs> what was happening was that the reason I crashed my ship was I wasn't fine when I was flying it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, it, it, my concentration wasn't exactly there. I'd have come and rescued you, Colin. Um, yeah, I had 400 light years to go to the next um, settlement where I could repair yeah, my ship. I, I, I still come, you can rescue people really fast with a beam laser. 
Yeah, um, so uh, I decided to get out of there before Shan attempted to rescue me. Uh, and I'm pleased to say I've, I've now made it back to uh, the Eagle Nebula. And I will be heading back to the place where I crashed because I found this fantastic system with seven planets. And each of those planets has got five or more biologicals on it. So it's, it's pay dirt. And uh, I've got to head back there. Can you sell your stuff at the Colonia? bridge or do you have to wait until you get to a no you can you can sell your stuff at the colonia bridge so did you have you sold it yet or are you on your way yeah. back oh yeah oh, i've sold my stuff but i'm on my way back to where i i got thumped because i got, managed to get two of the the seven planets scanned when i had an impact on the third <laughs> and thought i'm not going to risk it right at this moment in time and hopped to the eagle nebula and then i'm going to hop back and then I'm going to take a different route to the next way station, hopefully discovering new systems instead of rediscovering systems people have already got. Are you sure that these um, biological samples aren't just uh, deposited cans of bio-waste? Uh, quite sure, because there are not any cans there. So out of interest, Colin, I know we're meandering a bit, but out of interest, you go to a system and you see the sun has been claimed by someone and maybe there's a water world that's been claimed by someone. Do you go on or do you think, well, actually this, uh, there's a metallic or there's a nice world here that hasn't been scanned. I'll do those. I'm just interested to know when do you decide the system isn't worth fully exploring or do you do everyone? Oh, I don't, I don't do everything. The only thing that I'm stopping and exploring for is atmospheric planets with more than two biologicals on it. Two or more, I'd say. Um, you know, you, you 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 go through the LFSS scanner, um, but unless it's an Earth-like, I actually had my first Earth-like last week on this new commander. It, it was absolutely fantastic, even though it's at the Earth-like section of the SSFSS. It's it, it's a little bit wonky. <laughs> There's a little section where you, it says that it's going to be an Earth-like, but it always turns out to be a frozen world. It, it just bleh. And do you have a sorry? Do you have a process you go through when you find an Earth-like? Because for me, if I find an Earth-like, I'll fly to it, take mm. a couple of screenshots, and then put a note in my um, I've got a logging program now. Uh, Easy discovery. That's it. I put a note in there that's an Earth-like. So basically, every single Earth-like I've found, I have a screenshot of. Is that something you do? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the uh, the Earth-like I've got, and uh, yeah. I, I, I must admit, it is that rare to come across them. You've got to log them. Yeah, and I uh, see everybody else is um, is agreeing with me that you don't you don't stop for one biological because that's just bacteria. You only <laughs> stop for number twos. I only stop for number twos and more. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I think it's it's time to move on. Um, so. The development news. Now, what have the devs said this week? Well, um, it's not been a massive week for news. They are building up for update nine. Um, on Wednesday, there was the issue with um, the community goal reward and the modification and application of experimentals to the FSD drive that that happened. Um, now, there, there did seem to be a lot of confusion going on here because. Uh, when people try to make an application of experimental effects, um, yeah, it kind of crashed. 
and people didn't like that, obviously. Um, so a whole lot of um, uh, discussion was had in the forum, and uh, the guys said, right, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to go away and look at it. And then they came back and they said, um, actually, that's a bug because you're not supposed to be able to uh, add special effects onto these double-engineered modules. And then a lot of people uh, said, well, you can on the other ones. And then the next day, they um, Frontier come back yet again and say, ah, right, yes, you can on the other ones. Um, so we're going to make sure that you can do it on this one. Uh, I think there's a little bit of lost communication there, to be honest, within the between either the community team uh, and the uh, the development team. Uh, Sean? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of mixed feelings about this one. Because if I was testing it or even designing it, the first thing I would do and think of is, oh, what happens if you put an experimental effect on it? Because it's an obvious thing to try. Um, but part of me thinking that there was so much, I wouldn't say salt, but crying about it, I, I would have been tempted just out of sheer mischievousness to say, okay, well, you have a choice. You can either, if you put an experimental effect on your FSD, it then decreases the power in your power plant by three megawatts. <laughs> so, yeah, so, that would have been so, fun. So, so basically, you make it a downside to putting on in terms of trying to balance it. So, I, I mean, they had to make it consistent with the rest of them because, as you say, people could do it. But I'm surprised it didn't occur to anyone at Frontier to test the first thing everyone else was, was going to do. But, yeah, I, I think that... The there was a little bit of miscommunication because um, I I was under the well, this is just personally me because I didn't know you could do it. I thought if it was a double engineered mod you couldn't do anything with it. That was it. You got your double engineered reward. That's it set in stone. I didn't know you could add experimental effects. And um, I got a sneaking suspicion that someone else thought that too, which is why they turned around and said, no, you can't do that. And then it turned out you could. So, um, yeah. Okay, what is it, Shan? Well, I was thinking, when they first came, when these double-engineered uh, modules were first announced, not the FSDs, the very, very first time they did that, the question was asked, can you put an experimental effect on them? And the answer that came back was, no, it's not intended to have a double, happy to put experimental effects on them. So then when they came out and you could do it, people thought, went, yeah, yippee, we can do it anyway. And so it continues. So if, I, if I'm right in remembering, the original intention was not to have them put experimental effects on. Okay, suck it. I've, I've, now, I'm remembering it completely the opposite way because I am fully... I, I and I've said this. I've said this a couple of times over the last few um, few weeks that I can remember watching a um, a live stream, a Frontier live stream, where they went and you and you can also put an experimental on it. Hmm. Now this could absolutely be like a Mandela effect or something like that. That I'm just remembering it that way because I just knew that that was the case, or like I was just expected that to be the case. But I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I just think everything got a little bit confusing. And um, I am afraid to say uh, poor Sally took a, an awful lot of flack for something which effectively wasn't her fault. Uh, so much so, 
so that um, in today's stream, Arf was asking everybody to just back off. And I must admit, going through some of the um, the vitriol that was going on in the forums at the time, I was there. Uh, it's no wonder Sally has walked away from the forums for a little while. I think today was the first day I've seen her back for a while. Um, so, yeah, that was unpleasant. But in the end, we now have um, uh, an FSD with the double effect, uh, well, with the double engineered items and the experimental effect added. They have said that if you try and add a third engineering effect or engineering modification, it will uh, destroy the module. It will overwrite that module it's effect. Okay, Sean. Well, do you remember we talked about engineering a few shows ago, and we talked about game balance and things like that, and how we some of us felt that engineering was was power creep. You know, it just keeps raising the bar and raising the the power of things a bit. Do we think that in double engineering being so common on modules is a, an example of power creep? Not expecting an answer, but now I'm just trying to think of maybe there's something to think about. Is are we seeing that as an example of power creep that we mentioned about engineering a couple of years ago? Well, it's it's a case of I think I mean, these things are supposed to be rewards. You've still got to go out and buy them, haven't you? If you like, you can get these things from the the tech brokers. Am I wrong? Uh, not yet. Only not the yet. only the size five you can get from the tech broker. But the the idea is that the the, the rest of them will be coming to debt brokers at a later I would point. have thought so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, if that's the case, then I've, I've got no problem with it as long as, you know, everybody's got equal access to it instead of, um, you know. And they're going to be doing more as well with um, the next, if, if they've already dropped the, dropped the hints that they're going to be doing more with the next Colonia Bridge Pass, which is good because the last one, like a lot of people missed out on it because it, Everybody went, oh, that's such good rewards, and just did it so quickly. So, But does that not disincentivize people to taking part the CG? The fact is, oh, oh, we won't bother, we'll just wait for it to come out on its own. I think it really depends, because oh, one half of people will probably be like, yeah, well, it, it not, it's probably going to come out as a tech broker, so I won't bother. But other people who really want to get their hands on it can get their hands on it that way. Yeah. I suppose it's a bit like going to the cinema, isn't it? I won't bother seeing it at the cinema. I'll wait until it comes out on next. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, I like what uh, Phoenix Blue Zero says. It says, I wouldn't call it co- uh, power creep. I'd call it technological advancement. <laughs> A.K.A. power creep, but anyway. <laughs> um, right, I mean, yeah. And you have to say that people did want this. The CG fan- finished so quickly for that. It was uh, it was quite astounding, to be honest. Um, right, moving on from there, uh, there was a Thursday 18th CQC stream. Um, apart from watching some um, devastating piloting, um, they kind of confirmed maybe a sale uh, that everybody should would be looking looking forward to, say at the end of November. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that the midnight black skin. I, I don't, I don't know. I get the feeling that feeling it's a bit dark. Yes. Um, Bruce also dropped a hint or two that there might be CQC news coming in the next uh, by the end of the month or in the next developer update. Which I did not see that. I'm so excited. Mm, um, there might be. 
There's nothing confirmed, but um, it would be nice if there was something like that. Well, if he said that, um, we're all going to hold him to it and get really disappointed when nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, um, we'll come to the financial stuff in a second. I just want to get uh, today's Tuesday uh, community thing out the way. Um, well, first of all, Arv did ask about everyone to be nice to the devs on the forums when they do turn up. Um in light to some of the um, vitriol and salt that was happening. Um, they have managed to have a, the first Meet the Devs reward down in Oxford. And the first thing that we saw was this fantastic, massive 3D printed SRV. It's almost as tall as ARF. Is that what you're, is that what you're saying, Ben? No, the, uh, the 3D printed SRV was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm actually on about is we all know how tall Mr. Mr. Adam Woods is. Mm-hmm. And yes. in that photograph, Arf was standing taller than Adam. And he's a bigger lad than Adam. Well, there we have it. So, so. so Arf, is, Arf is possibly a very, very large, and I don't mean fat, gentleman. Like, big. Possibly in all ways, though I don't know him that well. He had to go there, didn't he? Well, sir. <laughs> I just. Arthur is never going to come on this thing again, is he? He's never going to come on our show again. I suddenly thought, hang on, I'm just. It sounds like I'm calling our fat here, which I'm not. I'm so just I'm going to overcompensate the other way and go, and he's got a big knob. Jesus Christ, Ben. At least you didn't imply his bigness was 3D printed, Ben. Uh, right. Yeah. There, there are times when I just. That that is just such a railroad off. It's taking us straight into a, 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 a train crash. Um, right. Uh, yes. This this the other thing that um, they announced was on December the tenth. Uh, they're wanting to. Oh, psychic. Go on then. I'm just saying that. Um, I th- I think the word that you were looking for was tall. That would have worked. That would have been fine. He's not. He's not just tall though, because Adam Woods is tall. But Adam Woods is kind of tall and skinny. And Arf, there's a lot of meat on Arf's bone, but, and it's not fat. So he's thick with two C's, is that what you mean? Possibly. <laughs> oh my fucking God. We're the early for a size smut piece, I'm done, we? I'm done, that's great, wow. I'm just feeling embarrassed for everybody who's listening to this right now. Okay. I thought we were supposed to reduce malarkey on this show. <laughs> I'm back now. I, all of a sudden, we were playing Bridge Crew last night. All of a sudden, I think we've just gone to cringe factor 10. <laughs> oh. Uh, right. <clears throat> Everybody else, I've tuned out and gone to my happy place. Yeah, I don't blame you, Phoenix. What, like, uh, <laughs> right. <clears throat> right. Where were we? Oh, yes. Well, if you want to meet the aforementioned Arth, Arth and judge for yourself the, the, his height, I'm not going to say size, I'm going to say height. Bring a tape measure. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, don't say that, because you know the Hut and Trackers will. Well, it might be part of Dockers. You don't know, do you? Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, December the 10th, they are uh, in in order to uh, raise money for special effect, there's going to be a community meet in Cambridge. Um, 
they will be announcing details about tickets and I'm ignoring that psychic and um, I don't know what you mean <laughs> uh, they will be announcing tickets and uh, and purchasing uh, details will be posted on the forums uh, I'm not sure if they've been posted yet but um, we, we will wait and see <laughs> and they were also making a lot of hints about the Black Friday possibly sale that might be coming that will include a lot of things that people want. Um, I thought it was, you know, an, an Orange Thursday sale, but it turns out that's only works in prison. Anyway. Sorry, Colin, what was the reference to that? <sighs> oh, um, Beetlejude. Yes, a bit busy. Don't want to go because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah, the wife has already bagsied me for that for that weekend as well, so I can't go on the 10th either. Uh, as I only found out today, I've yet to ask. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. So if, if Arthur's really that big, tall, whatever, should people who are there sort of line up and compare sizes? I think on, we should, yes. On a, on a photo, so we can get a judge of how big he is. I think we, we, what we actually need is Arthur standing next to Karash or something. Oh, that's just cruel. One of these things is not like the other. Oh, dear. Well, so you compare Crash's size with our size. Yeah. Or David Braben, that would work too. You know, half next to David Braben. Right. <laughs> I'm going to call an end to this bit because we've got to move on to another bit. Uh, right. Big financial news, though. Um, the share price for Frontier suffered one heck of a big hit. Um, it lost 40% of its value in a single day, uh, to which they blamed the poor sales of Jurassic World, of all things. Which is quite ironic, considering how well Jurassic World 2 is reviewing at the moment. Um, well, that was the primary reason. There are others as well, as Shan will no doubt tell us. Well, it's, it's interesting, because I've read the report in Bloomberg and in um, on on another side, it was quite a it was quite a big drop, um, and they, they did say basically uh, it was because the sales for Jurassic World Two haven't matched the expectations they set to the industry, and the reason why they said that was because hey, it's it's November and there's lots of other games coming out, and people, we're struggling for people's you know time. Um, I thought it was quite a strange thing to say because I would have thought that's been the same every single game's release and they would have known that. Um, I'm just wondering if this is if there's a couple of things in this. First of all, the Jurassic World sequel has been delayed now until June next year, I believe. So what I suspect happened is they made commitments to the investors that the game will be out then. The film was then subsequently delayed mean they had a choice whether to uh, satisfy the investors or delay the game so it coincided with the film and you got the the marketing boost that entailed. So I think part of the reason it didn't sell quite as well as I expected was because the film was delayed. The other thing the Bloomberg thing kind of hints at um, was it may be linked to uh, Odyssey as well. And, uh, and they the did. They had. So, so basically, the, the, the theory, and if you look at the form 
uh, if you look at the graph shows, is they said to the industry, we're releasing Odyssey. Uh, Odyssey doesn't do as well as they expected. They then say to the investors, we're releasing Jurassic World 2. That then doesn't do as well as expected. So as, when it happens twice, there, to the market would appear to be a pattern of not hitting expectations, which is probably why we saw the big jump. I'm hoping, big jump, drop, sorry, I'm hoping this is a, a, a dip that will gradually increase as, uh, as time goes on, because 40%... It's already picked up that, a bit, hasn't it, since, uh, since the drop? A, a bit, but it, it'll, I'm just hoping it takes a short amount of time to recover that 40%, and the industry hasn't decided, has deci hasn't decided that Frontier was overvalued at where it was, and where it is now, more or less, is the proper valuation of the company. But we'll just have to see. Okay, Sakit? Um with when you mentioned the other games thing the thing that really um struck me with uh the especially the Jurassic World release um was uh the fact that Forza Forza um 5 came out on the exact same day um which might and was free on game pass so there may there may possibly have been some of those 10 million people who might have been playing Forza 5 and getting it on Game Pass might then not have been inclined to buy something like Jurassic World, just for a uh, for an example of an incredible game that's completely blown up that came out at the same time. Um, but other than that, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Do you think there's much of a um, what's what, a joint? Do you think yes. people who buy Forza yes. would have also bought that? I, I don't know. Oh well, yes, because I am that person. I have played. I have also played. A metric fuck ton of Forza in the last um, couple of um, weeks as well as playing um, as playing when I wasn't feeling very well last Tuesday I was playing Forza because that was when it came out. Well, yeah, it's interesting you say that. Cycle. I'm just thinking about conversations with a, uh, a mini Shan because he enjoyed Jurassic World the the, the, the first game and. Um, I said, oh, I noticed the second one was coming out. I said, oh, are you going to get the second one? And he says, well, I'll, I'll wait until it's on Steam sale. Because... Yeah, that's a thing as well. That's such a such yeah. a pattern for a lot of people is that they will wait to see it on, or get, get it on the sales as well. But yeah, he then bought Forts at full price because he was pestering me to find my... I know people who have spent hundreds well. of pounds. Well, I've, I know people who've spent like 90 quid, dropped 90 quid on Forza as a pre-release and the VIP pack and all of that sort of stuff. I, I just have it on Game Pass. So um, I effectively essentially got it for free, but obviously I'm paying a monthly fee for Game Pass, but it that it's also an excellent game. So I'm really spoiled in November, what can I say? Yeah, although it goes about the question, surely the release date for Forza was known. So you would think, oh, hang on a minute. We know Forza is going to be really big. We'll either release it before, or we'll wait a few weeks after Forza comes out, so one, we don't we don't clash. Yeah, it's another one of those things where, oh well, um, they're clearly not going to overlap that kind of thing, and not everybody is as as lucky as me to be able to in invest all of my time into video games. So I can I can appreciate that people who might need to split their time a little bit more effectively might not be playing um, Jurassic World and choosing Forza instead. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think we shouldn't also underestimate the effect on the on the market perception of them following the of them following the investors, but also not taking advantage 
of a of a film release. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think it would have been a different case if they were releasing the game about the same time as the film. But um, yeah, it's a case of sometimes when <laughs> when these when these things happen, the game has to either come out and try start earning money because people keep on thinking it's the game's business, but it's not. It's really business game. Um, it's got to come out and start making money. Uh, otherwise, you know, it's can you afford to have something, a property like that, on the shelf for six months while the, it waits on the line for the film? That that would look even worse than the balance report, I think. But, uh, yeah, Sean? Well, a couple of other thoughts that spring to mind is, first of all, perhaps one of the reasons why there was so much focus on Jurassic World was because the uh, the it's a licensed game. They frontly have to pay for the license to do that, so therefore that affects the the, the profit on that. The, the second one, what I think it does mean, is it means the release of the Formula One game that's due out mm-hmm. is now absolutely critical for how Frontier moves on, I think. Because if, if that... If the Formula One game does well, I think we'll see the share price jump up again quite quickly. If it is another miss sales-wise, or even not quite as good as people think it was, then that could potentially have another downward pressure on it. So I think uh, maybe the Formula One game is a bit make or break at the moment. In the well, show. you're going by the movie star rule of three. If a movie star has three flops in a row, they're normally considered done. So, yeah. Um, Psychic? Or. 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 <laughs> we, we can look at um, also, because F-Dev all falls under, under the same the sh- same bracket, right? So you've got um, F, um, the developer side, and there's not a separate share for Foundry, is there? Foundry's all set under that same bracket. So there might be games that aren't Frontier releases, that also seem to do well. I'm not 100% sure if there's two different shares. I would be very surprised if there was. Um, but if there was, there might be some foundry releases that are coming out that are going to do really, that might do really well and might exceed expectations as well. I don't know what is at the moment. Yeah, I, well, I think they are all the same um, company. I think what they do, they uh, the uh, foundry stuff is released, if you like, under the Frontier umbrella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just I, wondered I think... if there was a different sort of like yeah. stock. But I couldn't think of a game other than the Formula One that's due out soon. Because when, when's the uh, Warcraft? That's a little while. And then there's a, there's a boat one on the foundry. It's not War, it's Warhammer. Warhammer. Warhammer, sorry. Jesus, you call Warhammer people Warcraft? And you, they'll, they'll be sending the Orc boys after you. And well, I'll raise, them orc, I'll raise them Orc boys and raise them our taxes in Guild Wars. Anyway. <laughs> no, sorry, your Guild Wars guys would stand no chance as any Warhammer 40k. Well, I, well, I'm, even, well I'm even bigger than half, so take that. <laughs> um, Psychic? Nope. And then there's, a, there's Far Trade Changing Tides, which I think is a sequel that's that's coming out. That I don't know when that whether that's coming out before the um, it doesn't say it just says coming soon. Yeah. Um, but that that's the foundry. That's the foundry game. That one might be interesting and also the Warhammer one might be interesting to keep an eye on. Neither of those appeal to me, not like anything else, but um 
Mm. Um, someone has said that I can't see the Formula One. Uh, Bitstorm has said that you can't see the Formula One management game being super popular. You'd be surprised. Oh yeah, management I'm... games are huge. Oh, and just look at Football Manager. I thought uh, everyone knows how much of a behemoth that is. You put that together with the amount of people that that follow F1, and my my son has got me recently back into watching and following F1. Uh, it's it's phenomenal. I wonder if they'll. I wonder if they make the Formula One game through to life, where they have a little uh, thing like if player name equals Verstappen, then FIA buff plus six <laughs> or something. You know, <laughs> you're th- you're thinking of F1 drivers in D and D, are you? <laughs> yeah, like if you're if you're Verstappen, you have an FIA buff. Or something, but, but I mean, just thinking about the F1 game, also that again is a really big, expensive license, so the, that game has to do well to recover. I would suspect at least a five figure license fee. But... Well, we will. We will have to wait and see. Uh, when it comes to management games, we know that Frontier do very, very well, and if they've if they've managed to get the F1 sorted, I think they'll be fine. Um, right, well, let's have a look at what's been happening in-game this week. Well, it has been quite an exciting um, couple or uh, week or so. So, on the 17th of November, the NMLA retakes the Steel Majesty Megaship. Um, it's gone on to a point where even uh, anybody who are uh, is still on board the ship the Empire now considers them to be um, casualties of war. <laughs> the, According to the, our intel, a majority of the NMLA surviving cells have gathered together for this operation. They were assisted not only by Aaron Walsh's loyalists, but also members of the Megaship's original crew. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yes, that's that looks like the... Uh, the last vestiges of the NMLA have regrouped on this one megaship. Um, on the 18th, it was uh, confirmed that Salvation's allies have triumphed in the Tari, the T Tari system. So, um, poor old Admiral Tanner got a bit of a kicking. Um, also, uh, the Dredger uh, incident has now fired off a CG. Um, has that CG actually been completed yet? No, nope. still ongoing. No, it was complete. Ah, who's actually winning at the moment? Because I can tell you, I'm looking right at Nora right now. Oh, um, the uh, it is. I think the people who are going to win on the Scrivener's, um, the Scrivener's clan, and not a Ryan University, the cheeky right. so and sos. Yeah, because I thought there would there there'd been some manipulation of the figures. All of a sudden, the the um, the goal levels for one of the the two factions had changed a lot in the last week what do you mean they 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 moved it they, they, yeah, they, the goalposts they, have remained the same since the beginning yeah that, no they, they moved the goalposts since the beginning yeah for no, one no no they haven't no it's exactly the same 32 um 32 mil for scriveners and uh 48 for orion that was what it started at right okay so the scriveners look like they're going to get away let's hope yeah um Although we really shouldn't judge. Um, the neo marlists are continuing on the 19th of November to gather more forces in Mud Hirid. Well, 
<laughs> so that's going to be interesting. I can see an yet another combat CG maybe happening there. Uh, on the 19th of November, this was quite interesting, um, the Colonial Bridge project faces possible changes. Now, um, according to this, this is the, there's no doubt that the Brewer Corporation always thinks big. It's enjoyed a huge commercial success as a manufacturer with its starports, outposts, and its Drake fleet class carriers. Um, but it says that the there are rumours of a change to the plans for Phase 3, which may begin early next year. Um, it's believed that the Brewer Corporation is revising its plans based on the unexpectedly high levels of participation from the galactic community. So it does look like that we're going to... Um, that's it as far as the Colonial Bridge is concerned for the rest of the year. Um, Chan? Do we know what or what do we speculate such response will be from Brewer? Are they, do you think they're going to make it every carrier, you know, a bridge every 10 light years because it's very popular? Will they think, well, lots of people want to go, we'll charge people a docking fee or there'll be some restriction on how much you can use the bridge out of so-called demand? Oh, well, um, at the moment, if I, if, uh, if I remember rightly, the plan was to have one of these megaships every 400 light years. Which to tell you the truth, it means that um, I could probably go from one um, using my twenty-four light year range clipper. I could probably go from one um, uh, one bridge megaship to another without a problem. Uh, I I just think that they're going to work out different ways to get the rewards. What do you mean? Cannot need a fuel? You still need a fuel scoop. No, you don't. You can put, if you're in a big enough ship, like an anaconda or even a cutter, you could fill yourself up of fuel with extra fuel tanks and just fill up and then 400 light years and then refuel. You could do that. You could do um, probably double or triple that. You wouldn't need to stop at every blow. Yeah. There you go. Saving a fuel scoop. Saving a fuel scoop. Dock every 1,200 light years. We've got Ben on standby. Um, and finally, uh, today, well, the 27th, um, there is a crime wave raising security concerns. This is the expert larcenist known as the Winking Cat, or it could even be the Winking Cat Gang, as far as they're concerned. Um, they've now gone and ripped off yet another um, weird, <laughs> weird uh Item in this case, a working prototype of the An Achilles Corporation's XS1001 security robot. Um, apparently, the several XS801 models uh, were found lying about making purring sounds. So, um, yes, doesn't really adv help advertise the XS801 model, does it? <laughs> Nothing to do with my cat before people say, and I, that is not one teaching it to walk as well. Yes. So what people are trying to work out is why the heck would someone want uh, a portrait of the of an old emperor, um, and basically a cut up playing card, and also a weird security robot. What could they be planning with those items? There are a bunch of students out on the rads. For rag week. So you're going to say that we'll find a, um, a, a robot put on top of a statue at some point? 
yeah, with a cone on its head. Yeah, they're a bunch of students. That's the sort, that's the sort of thing you need to do as a student. You go out and collect random items. <laughs> it's a high-profile treasure hunt. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... <laughs> it's a bit, kind of bizarre week in the game. I mean, uh, anybody got any general comments about where where everything's going? No, I thought I thought I wanted to say something. I've got I've got I've got nothing. I've got nothing. I'm still um like shook by the fact that Shan just said I'm teaching my cat to walk with no irony whatsoever. Um, I'm relatively oh. sure that cats already know how to walk. Mm. One thing that we forgot to mention in the community highlights was that update nine, we've got a slight update on when it's due. Now, before we were told sometime in December, um, on Tuesday's stream, they actually said early December. So, Ooh. yeah. Are we thinking first week, second week? Second week, 100%. I wonder if it'll be like on the 9th or something, you know, just before they have the, the meetup. Uh, oh, that'll be that'll be interesting. Or would it be the fifth? That uh, the the mid December because it can't be towards the end because that's Christmas and New Year and they won't really want to be doing anything that week. No, the week before they may well be people having holiday who couldn't get it for the, the uh, earlier on in the year. So I don't know. They're, they're running out of weeks, I think, to do it. Yeah, that's I mean. My, I agree with you on there. I mean, my personal theory will be um, first week in December, so not next week, but the week after. And uh, that will give them two weeks to put in any emergency fixes that they need to, because let's be honest, there probably will be needing some. Do we not think it will be, because all of the others have been a Wednesday, mm-hmm. is the 15th too close to Christmas to... I to drop so. it and then have a couple of days where we go, oh shit, what fix? No, so that's, no that's, that's far too close, for in, in my opinion. So, Colin, does your place, and Ben even, does your place have a change freeze in December? Uh, yeah, we actually have a change freeze, I think, the second week in December, really. Um, the only thing that we put in from that, that point on is basically any uh, emergency bug fixes. I don't know about you, Ben. We we have code freezes, p- basically periodically, sort of from from when we go off and make the patch, all the way through till the, the testing phase, and then once we're out of testing, then we release and we're allowed to actually start real development again, rather than just bug fixing. So but we don't do a spe- we don't do a specific one just for Christmas. Well, knowing knowing Frontier, it will be on the ninth. It will, yeah, knowing Frontier, sorry, it will be on the seventh. Uh, of December on the Tuesday because they always like to pick on a radio. Yeah, because yeah, it's always the day after us just to give guard frequency and and the loose screws they drop on us. <laughs> just because the guard frequency complained about it once. Um, oh, I got to love this. It's in the chat by uh, Blue Ganymede, right? He's got, he's got this theory. Um, the card that the winking cat has stolen has the emperor's DNA on it. The portrait is so they can 3D print a face and the robot is to make the 3D print more, uh, 3D print mobile and lifelike. What do people think of that? Or just use a holomy. They're just going to recreate the holomy. I mean, they could, they could recreate the holomy, put it on top of a, um, put it on top of a robot. And, but, but for added authenticity, 
use the DNA of the emperor. Job done. <laughs> Infiltration. Yes. Maybe maybe there's an emperor's hole somewhere hidden away that needs the emperor's DNA for it. Maybe they're doing like a sequel to Red Notice, you know, where they have some sort of biometric heist I, or something. I haven't seen Red Notice yet. Like I said, I've got to watch, finish watching Cowboy Bebop before I can move on to anything else. And Hawkeye's on next week. Hawkeye's <laughs> on tomorrow, isn't it? It's, oh, it's it is, tomorrow, it? Colin. Yeah, it's tomorrow. Okay. It's a good theory, Blue Ganymede, though. It's the sort of thing I can see Frontier doing. Because it, yeah, it's just illogical enough to be true. Ah, uh, well. Right. Um, I think it's time for that time of the week. Score alert! We have to thank um, not only the legendary JN Tracks from the Loose Crew podcast, but Mrs. JN Tracks, because Mrs. JN Tracks has had opera training. And that is effectively um, the store alert song translated into Italian and sung in Italian. Okay, admittedly, Google translated. So if we have any Italian listeners out there, please let us know how well she did. <laughs> well, Google Translate works. Oh, I, I, I am cheering at that. Awesome, utterly stunning. So, yeah. Um... Sorry, <laughs> sorry, you were. Well, you're recovering. I am like in a full state of shock. That was incredible. Can we? Can we just repeat that again? I know we got the thing, but can we just yeah, listen no. to that again? No, oh, balls to it. The show doesn't matter. I don't I, want. Well, I don't expect this, but I really want the entire version of the song as an opera now. It just works, doesn't it? Yeah, it works so beautifully. Phenomenal! What a beautiful voice! I know. Holy I, crap! I must admit, I got when I got sent that on. Uh, I think it was, yeah, Monday. I was. I was an absolute shock. It, it was phenomenal. <laughs> 
<sighs> Apparently, um, we're going to have to come up with something for loose screws and send it back to them. Maybe something, I don't know, hillbilly-like, because... <laughs> <laughs> ben and side duet. Nobody wants that. I've got to say, absolutely brilliant. That's yeah. I was just thinking, are we going to have to have an album release, different <laughs> versions of the song? Oh my gosh, that was so good. A store what? alert EP. <laughs> and the worst thing about this is the store alert itself is just some blooming Cobra Mark III shatter paint jobs. It's <laughs> it's not exactly worthy of the jingle, I think. Uh, yeah, it's all um, right. It's all right. We've Chris, got good stuff coming. It's fine. Chris Mark Fora says that now. That's why I call Store Alerts Volume One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got. I am literally speechless. It's not often I'm, I'm speechless about things, but yeah, utterly amazing. Thank you very much. It's yeah. utterly brilliant. Um, we do have to. Uh, we do have to point out. Uh, well, JN Tracks did say it did take quite a while to set up and record, not to get the sound quality right. Well, of course but, it did. It's amazing. My God, was it worth it? <laughs> uh, and you know what was really funny? Oh, while while that was playing, I could just hear everybody's jaw hit the floor. <laughs> uh, for sure. Uh, I mean, what was brilliant about it was it was it was done in Italian or Google Italian to, to be <laughs> truly operatic. You know, she she could have sung it in an operatic tone in English, and it wouldn't have had the same impact. It had to be in Italian or maybe even German, perhaps if it. But you know, it, it had to be in Italian. I think, and top marks, top marks. Right, I think um, yes. Uh, we're now actually showing on the uh, <laughs> on on the the stream what the actual shattered pattern looks like, and uh, yeah, it's nice. It's on a cobra, uh, but it's not worth it's not worth Italian store alert. We need to come up. With, <laughs> you, need, you need. I'm sorry, Frontier. You have to come up with a. Uh, you need to, yeah. yeah, we need a store alert that's worthy. Of, of the Italian store alert. Well, that looks like um, it looks like you need a grunge store alert for those. <laughs> we, we, we need the hillbilly store alert for things like this. A country and western <laughs> played on a banjo. Were they? Were they? Were they harmonica? Sort of thing? No. Oh dear. Anyway, yeah, Red Dead Redemption style store alert. <laughs> Sorry for giving you ideas, tracks. Oh no! It, it, if he turns up next time, we've got Billy Bob oh. Thornton or singing down at Liners. I thought, Billy oh. Bob Thornton, yeah. <laughs> Although actually, I did on a sad note, um, on a more serious note, I did read the uh, one of the band who uh, I think he wrote "The Light Sleeps Tonight" died this last week, didn't they? If I remember right. Yeah, that is actually true. One of the the guys that wrote that, mind you, that song has been around since nineteen twenty three. So I actually think, though, I actually think, though, he would be pleased with the Storler alternatives with this. I think he would think, I'm so glad I wrote that song for the Storler on Low Radio. Just because three old blokes and a girl can actually take the mickey out of it with various versions. Oh my god, that was amazing. I'm not even, I'm not even, oh, it was so good. Uh, Witchy Mute says Storler using dueling banjos. <laughs> JN Tracks, I hope you're you're taking notes. <laughs> uh, or you, or you, you could do store alert 
um, in in the style of Joe Exotic singing, couldn't you? You've not seen Tiger King too? Some of his music tracks, anyway. Right. Okay. Um, I think just so that everyone can calm down, we will take a uh, an advert break, and then we'll come back with some, I guess, more discussion. Are you thinking of suing over missold Python protection insurance? Had an accident in an airlock or slipped in a space station cargo bay? And thinking of suing for compensation? Well, don't. I tried to take my ship commander to court for making fertilizer out of my crewmates. Legal fees have left me with nothing. And now I'm hungry. All the time. At Watt and Pritney, we take small print very seriously. We have a massive team of lawyers just waiting to block your case and ramp up your legal costs. I wanted a simple, no-win, no-fee arrangement. My case got blown out of the water by Watt and Pritney, and now I have to rent out my arse for hydrogen fuel. At Watt and Pritney, we have a saying. If you don't want a beating, stay out of our court. I was savaged by a wild creature whilst fixing a vending machine. Can't I claim compensation? No, you can't. Because we have a massive team of lawyers and you're just someone who works for a living. What and Pritney. Don't even think about it. Your ship is a miracle of engineering. Capable of handling the most intense situations. But with no sound in a vacuum... How do you keep up with your ship? Introducing Simulated Sound, where your ship recreates the sound of battle so no vital signal is lost to the vacuum. But wait! Why be stuck with the sounds of death and destruction? We offer alternative sound effects for all encounters. Activating cargo dump. Change the sound of battle with our choice of audio packs. Why not feel sexy in battle? Installing sound pack. (laughs) Or go for a cute farmyard scene. (laughs) Or even our classy stress reliever. Impact in five. Four, three, two, one. New Stroudbury Sound Packs. Changing the sound of battle. Are you struggling with paying fines? Do you lose sleep in hyperspace worrying about docking at the next space station? If the answer is yes, then you need to call Cowell and McGrath Fine Management Services. I got scanned while in Federation space and was caught carrying slaves. It was an unexpected expense that I couldn't afford on top of my fines for damage caused whilst docking. We can help you consolidate all your existing fines into a single large fine, payable in regular instalments at what is almost a competitive interest rate. I called Cowell and McGrath Fine Management Services and they helped me pay my existing fines before I got a bounty on my head. They really saved my life. At Cowell and McGrath, we've helped thousands of pilots whose fines had spiralled out of control. I dared not go near a police star system. got so desperate that I'd almost resigned myself to a life of piracy. Luckily, I found Cowell and McGrath's services before I actually murdered anyone in cold blood. No fines too big, no criminal record too damning. We're here to help you, no questions asked. Find us in the Lave Business Directory. I'd got into debt as a result of a massive counter-lawsuit by Watt and Pritney. It happened because I'd taken advice on Python protection insurance from... Wait a minute! It was you! Carolyn McGrath, 
Minimum liability, zero accountability. Now, the main discussion this week, well, I don't think we've really finished off or able to do justice the, the new kind of missions that could be available to us. And of course, we didn't have Psykit for her unique opinion uh, on these kind of things. Now, um, Psykit, we're going, we're going to ask you a couple of questions here. Okay. Yeah. I'll concentrate and actually pay attention then. Okay. It would be helpful. Um, now, we... The, the kind of questions we were asking were, what kind of missions would you really like to see um, uh, <laughs> in uh, for basically engineers? And what kind of missions could you see using the S the new SRV? Just a small subject. It's like just a tiny, tiny subject. Not nothing um, super inconsequential, you know. Um, yeah, I'd like to see. I'd like to see. Um, you uh this is gonna sound like such a cop out. I'd really Go like on. to see, I'd really like to see unique missions. <laughs> Only missions that you can get from particular engineers. Oh no, 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 that's fine. That's fine. So basically handcrafted and this is the thing. Do you want sort of a kind of little handcrafted campaign for each engineer? Or would you prefer to have, you know, just some kind of random missions but have that engineer's flavour? I think I yes, I think yes. I would like to see. I would like to see those, Colin. Thank you. Thank you for suggesting them. All of those are really for, good ideas. For idea. example, you might want a mission for a, a certain engineer who will not name for you to go and dispose of uh, bodies or something like that. Yeah, like someone who's yeah. maybe got an excess of um, escape pods that they're not using yeah. before. Full testing, and they want to. They want you to just, you know, deposit them into a spawn or something. You know, just just keep them them out of out of the authorities' way, kind of thing. And stuff like that would be really cool. Stuff like that would be really good. But I wouldn't be. I like those would be kind of cool and high paying, high reward missions, and they stuff like that would have a big risk as well, and the risk to weigh the award. But then also a set of missions that are engineer specific that reward like high level materials for the the kind of things to to engineer the things that those um engineers want rather than just like biotech conductors and you know shit like that yeah so so basically um if you know that you're short of a few components you can say right i'll run an, a mission for you if you give me the components that i need for this exactly particular. exactly and and that be like uh, maybe a bog standard mission or something, um, but then like an overhaul on engineering where you go, all you need. Um, I am I am short a lot. I want this particular engineered item. What do you want me to do in order to get this? That kind of thing. I'd really love to see something like that. Um, Blue Gall Ganymede seems to be a bit confused on the on the the chat room. He's saying, "Make bodies disappear." Like um, Birkenhair's pie shop. Well, we don't know what um, Etienne Dawn does with these escape pods, do we? So your guess is as good as mine. But just don't ask for the special stuff um, from the local butchers around there. <laughs> um, yeah, I, as far as the new SRV is concerned, um, I don't know if anybody's come across this. Have we ever had. Apart, uh, have we ever had missions where you you defend 
a um, a static placement or, or there so. are there are um, uh, scenarios in. Yeah. Oh, I, um, you, do you mean yeah, like the train, scenarios in, the in space? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can either join or pirate the the installations, mm-hmm. but there's nothing with the SOV, which means drive to this settlement and defend this settlement against attack or anything like that, is there? That, there's there's not really a lot for the SRV in general. It's like the SRV is there and it's and it's fun for a lot of people and they're bringing in a whole new SRV which is going to be a lot of fun for maybe an extra person. But mm-hmm. um, there's still... I just SOV specific missions are something that have been lacking for a really long time because we've had it SOVs in the game for um a really long time. So it'd yeah. be nice to see <laughs> just a smidge, you know. Not I mean they've had time to think about it, Colin. Would you not say that the assault the base things are SOV specific missions? They are so the, the there are three basically assault the base or disable the uh, disable the shield yeah, generator. Yeah. Oh, you see, you see, but when you can do, you can do them from your ship. Yeah, I know, but there's nothing like defend um, this planetary outpost or defend oh. it. I think you're right, Colin. I can't recall a defend one. Maybe, a, maybe because it's a um, persistence instancing issue. In that, if you're about to lose your thing, you're defending, you can just relog. Or something like that, and it would then reset, and you'd get another go. I don't know, maybe it's something like that as to why. Well, why wouldn't it be the same when you have to defend a space installation? I don't think it's a defender space installation. Well, I got a sneaky no, suspicion that what would happen was that the, the enemies would come after you, and if you manage to kill all the enemies, then it's assumed that they hit the the they damage whatever you were trying to defend. But if uh, you manage to fight them off, you fight them off. I, I just thought it would, you know, it would be a, an ideal opportunity for um, some kind of new gameplay because, like Shan said, I can't recall any time where you go to what, not even a friendly outpost or settlement and defend it against attackers. I guess you could have it, you, you, the mission would automatically fail if you were destroyed, but the assumption was that because you were destroyed, they then got through and yeah. blew up the item you're protecting. But then again, is that necessarily the case? Because if you have, was part of a team, just because you get blown up doesn't mean to say the team would fail. But I'm just, I'm just running it through. Because in, in GTA, if you're on a heist and someone gets killed or disconnects, the heist fails, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean that could be a possibility, but yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's just an idea that I thought could could have occurred with the new combat SRV. There is never see there never seems to, there always seems to be a hit this target. There's never a defend this target. The closest you get to is in the CZs, where you know you are either on the defending or the attacking side, and then it just doesn't feel. Well, even then, that's not really defending an objective, is it? You're not no. like. To... So, yeah, I think it's definitely an idea, but I think some thought would need to be in the um, in mechanics of it. The idea I think we had last week, or was use the dual CSRV to smuggle an ob- a passenger 
into a base or something like that, and you would have to avoid scans to either get the passenger out of the base or, or into somewhere. Yeah, mm. a bit like how you're smuggling. You know, if you, if you scanned, you get a fine. Well, if they, or even if you've got a passenger, a legal passenger, you fail the mission, don't you? Well, yeah. I mean, if you approach a, a base, normally the the base security will scan a ship, but they don't scan SRVs. So that, yeah, that could be a, a good one to, to go with. Um, yeah, we also touched on the fact that we haven't, we didn't know whether or not the, the guy to handle the, sorry, the guy, <laughs> the job opportunity for um, uh, SRV AI had ever been filled. And um, yeah, SRV to NPC SRV combat has never occurred. Fingers crossed we get it. Or do you think one of the missions it will be kill X skimmers or something like that in the combat SRV? Do you think that it will just be a extension of um, I hope killer not. base or something? I hope they're going to be a little bit more um, nuanced than that, um, because I mean that's the pretty much that that's pretty much the Big Mac typical straightforward fatty burger type mission that you'd expect but there are times you do want a kind of you know nice <laughs> salad wrap of a mission to go with it god knows where i'm getting i don't i'm afraid i don't see it happening but i hope it does it, <laughs> it, it sort of asks the question of well you have a gta style heist in there so you have two people in your SRV and somehow you need to smuggle your way into the base and then you drop a person off to turn off the power and then one person to go and steal the power unit or whatever it is and they then meet back at the SRV and away you go so having a two-person SRV with a GTA style heist would I think would that would that would I'd really enjoy that but again the mechanics in there we haven't seen evidence of and I would expect I'll be on that of of course, the biggest, the most obvious reason for having a combat SRV is because we're going to need to take on Thargoid equivalents. Well, yeah, eventually. Everything's leading up to it, isn't it? It, it does feel like it, doesn't it? It's. Um, I am beginning to wonder, though, whether or not the PC version is still, is going, still going to get the Thargoid combat before even the, the console versions are thought of. I'd be surprised. Uh, no, um, I'm just wondering because of the the, the silence uh, on the console release. We know we know that they're concentrating on the PC version. I know, I know, and they'll look at consoles after they think they've got the PC version up to snuff. But um, I think every time I see how difficult this uh, this has been to optimize for lower end cards i do get a little bit concerned that the the consoles might be getting left behind but that's a different argument um so <laughs> basically um the srvs i can't really think of much else that the combat ones are going to do i guess the question is colin what what can you do in the 2c srv that you couldn't do in two srvs well, obviously, it's, it's a difficult question to answer without being in a or knowing the full mechanics of the TC to FRV. I would suspect, though, being able to maneuver and shoot better 
than you were able to in your standard SRV. So being able to run and gun. Yeah. Yeah. I got a sneaking suspicion the turret will not work without the second person. It'll be fixed forward only. God, I hope not, but possibly. But then that begs the question, is that if you, you can you use them in CZ in CZs because you've got the uh on foot NPCs now with rocket launchers and stuff like that that are designed to take out SLVs. So maybe the answer to that question is well it makes you more resilient to rocket fire if you're in a two C SLV than two SLVs which are substantially more vulnerable. Well Arthur say that it is um a bit more of a chunky beast. Psychic you know I, I I don't know if you covered this week this last week, but okay, we the, just want to hear from you. The um the whole thing for me, and I know this goes against a lot of what um Frontier puts out, but I'd love to see missions that are um ones where you have to, I don't know, do something with another person simultaneously, like both of you have to uh, turn, flick a switch or do something at the same time that you have to do it, like rely on you being in a team or in a group or something like that rather than being these things that are um, j- j- just things that like being in a team is optional makes it makes it slightly easier if you're in a team I'd love to see like team specific stuff yeah, I mean, I must admit, uh, you see, the base. Uh, remember uh, when I did flight assist, the one thing that I couldn't do was base assaults. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me is the, the kind of content that you're referring to. There, you do need a team, I think. Yes, you can get people who, who know it and can do it uh, solo, but um, in my opinion, that kind of content, those kind of base assaults, those need multiple SRVs or even this new SRV to be able to to take it out. Um I just love love more oh, stuff sorry. like that. Sorry, sorry, in, in response to that. Um I like more stuff like that. More stuff where it says if you if you take this mission, you would need to have somebody else to do it with you. Because there's a lot of missions that say all your requirements are you would you need a um you need a certain type of suit. We've all got we've all got suits. Mm-hmm. But um I I I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing to encourage more team play. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, one of the things I think that's missing from the mission board is a little icon or a little note saying, um, this is a team recommended mission. Yeah, I mean, I've size touched on what I was, I was going to mention, where in in other game, in other multiplayer games, you usually have a need for, I mean, I I don't like it, but it's called the Holy Trinity, you know, where you have your DPS, your tank, and your healer. Mm -hmm. I I, I don't like the Holy Trinity concept. I think it's unnecessarily limiting. But I think if you had missions that required um, the Maverick, a Dominator, and perhaps even an Artemis suit, if you have players who could do that role, it then opens up a lot more possibilities in terms of mission types, objectives, and even you have multi-stage missions. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, they need a lot of work and a lot of development time and a lot of testing to get the balance right. And so will we see them on it? I don't know. But I kind of hope we get the ability to be able to 
choose a profession and have a valuable profession or suit type to contribute to an overall objective. And that's why I would want for these new, even engineer missions. Like the the amount of um, the amount of times that um, I, I've spoken and I've been like, I need what I'd really love to do is watch people go in and have like an overlook, be able to say where everybody is while they're overlooking, stand in the back with you know a decent sniper rifle, not the t- trash that we have right now, but a decent sniper rifle, and then if needs be, also be able to heal as well. I like. I like being that support character. I like. I am one of those rare people who still really enjoys playing a cleric in Dungeons and Dragons. So um, it's well, well, yeah. That Holy Trinity is a bit. Um, is a bit of a. Um, there is it. I I like the idea of encouraging people to not even necessarily pe- ple- encouraging people to play in open. That's a completely different topic. Um, no. Uh, and that that to me is quite limiting. But having missions that are are t- fully team specific relies on people being in different positions to be able to get that mission completed. Um, just adding to it, not taking away anything else from anybody who's like, nope, I still want to play solo. Not doing that, but just having something that you that does allow you to engage with other people in a multiplayer game. Um, I feel is lacking in a league. Yeah, it needs more co-op. And I think that's why I hope Thargoid on foot combat will bring. Yeah. I, I really hope if and when we face Thargoid, they're not just bullet sponges. I want them to be a more varied, a more complex way of engaging them. I just don't want them to shoot magazine after magazine after magazine at them until they die. Yeah, right. Well, um, I, I'm going to have to call this short because... First of all, we went on for quite a while uh, beforehand, mostly in gushing over operatic singers. Um, but we need to we need to uh, fit in the community corner. Um, so uh, first up is Operation IDA. Now, at the moment in game, their current repair target is Artemis Lodge in Kalenio. Uh, they are they've got quite a way to go on that one. So um, it's uh, uh, hole for them if you want to repair the station um, but from the 3rd of November running through to January the 1st it's their Happy Holidays event now this is their fourth annual holiday event um, they're asking for people to join them as the repair stations uh, and they're doing host fun and silly events and giveaway prizes while they raise money for Doctors Without Borders um, a full calendar of events will be available on their website, uh, of which we will uh, pass on a link. Uh, didn't I say the 3rd of December? You said November. Sorry, 3rd of December. Yeah. Um, uh, a full calendar of events and times will be available on their website. Uh, and, and They plan to utilise the new Discord events features to easily communicate scheduling, gauge interest and host each event in, a vo- in the voice channels. Upcoming events can be viewed directly above the server channel list. Um, uh, as with the previous three years, they will be once again raising money for charity. This year, you all voted that we raise money for uh, Doctors Without Borders. They're aiming to raise a goal of $2,500 this year. Uh, and the GoFundMe uh, can be found at www.op-ida.com holidays. Um, 
or so yeah i th- i think that's a uh, they do this every year and they they've managed to hit their target every year as well which is is phenomenal um anybody thinking of helping out no but i will be watching crispy tater tot doing a lot of it <laughs> yes uh, a lot a lot of long holes in there um in other uh, social news well the anti xeno initiative uh, according to their new website uh, the thargoid uh, watch uh, the top three systems that they're um, trying to clear the thargoids out of are the Pleiades sector bd-s b4-0 uh, that is our highest priority um, then we have Muscadark dark region pj-p uh, B6-1 in the Coolsack Nebula. And finally, uh, Evangelis in the Witchhead Nebula is their tertiary target uh, for this week. Uh, we do know that the Pleiades Sector system is pretty close to being clear, um, but they've got to try and clear as many systems as possible before uh, Thargoid Thursday, as I think we're going to have to call it. It's like Taco Tuesday, but with more death. <laughs> Um, and finally, actually, this might be of interest to you, to you Psychic, about co-op pay, uh, play. Um, Ghost Giraffe has done a fantastic video where he managed to entice um, three other players to join him in one ship. And, mm. and a T10, of all things. And I've watched through this entire two-hour stream. And it I hate to say it, it really worked quite well. He didn't have any um, any guns assigned to his pilot. It took him a while to get uh, to get everybody to work out what their role was. And, but once they started going, they he took his T ten into um, a, a CZ. The two guy two guys launching fighters, and they had one one gunner. And I must admit, the T ten just wiped the the deck clean. It was fantastic to watch. And uh, it, it did seem that the the multi-crew stuff in this case worked quite well. So more, please. <laughs> um, we'll put a link uh, to his, uh, uh, his uh, video in the show notes for everybody to, to look at. Um, and uh, I guess that brings us on to uh, one... Large essay. Now we had this from Snowstalker thirty six, and it was addressed to you, Psyche. Have you had a chance to read it? Yes, of course, I've read it. <laughs> now, um, uh, it's it's Can a big essay. Need to para- paraphrase. Yeah, you paraphrase because so um, it was pretty much everything that everybody else talked about last week, saying that it, the um, uh, or, or not last week, the week before, saying that you need to nerf power plants, etc., 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 and also, um, wh- why would I quit? Um, to which I say, why well, are you not listening? <laughs> I'm joking. Um, I, I just, I've spent, I've spent so long building ships and engineering them to my my specifications that I personally feel. That if they were to remove all of all of the engineering and scrap it, and we know that it's it's very difficult for um, Frontier to keep track of um, other engineering or of the engineering materials that we had and return them to us. 
Um, those of us who have accidentally sold stuff um, have sometimes got them back without engineering um, things along things along those um, those lines. The my main issue with it would it would that it would feel that there is so much time and energy and effort that I have put into the game that would then be nullified by the fact that if all engineering was scrapped um, and I'd be back to square one. That said, I was thinking about it the other day about power plant engineering and those kind of things. And I've never engineered my power plant to be overpowered or anything like that. When I first started out engineering, I cannot remember for the life of me who said this to me, um, but somebody said to me, if you ever have to engineer your power plant to be overpowered or um, w whatever the, the phrasing is, oversized or whatever it is that gives you more, um, more engine space on a smaller engine, that you're doing engineering wrong. And I've always kept that to mind. So would, it ne would nerfing that particular section make a huge amount of difference to me? No. Would scrapping engineering entirely make me want to quit the game? Absolutely, it would. Right. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's the, I mean, that was the one thing that uh, me and Shan agreed on, even though I think it's been you and Shan agreeing for most of this episode, which is even weirder. Um, the, 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 limit, the limiting factor that we would prefer was just the power plant. We don't want anything else to really go. Well, I don't know about you, Shan, but that's the way I feel. Well, I, I think the, the, the option that is, would cause the least disruption. Because, as you say, if, if they took away all the engineering people had done, I can see even more people quitting than have done already. I, it would just devastate player numbers. So I think as, a, as an idea, as much as in some ways it would, would be good for the game, I just don't see that happening. Uh, in response to the engineering the power plant, um, the reason why I say about engineering power plant is it will actually affect all areas of the game. And Simon mentions about she's never engineered or overtired a power plant, which I can completely understand. You know, everyone builds a ship to their tastes, and that's fine. Um, but if you want an exploration ship, um, the overcharged power plant allows you to run a smaller power plant than you would normally be able to do, um, and therefore get more jump range. But also, what it what it what it is is the overcharged power plant has such a small downside. Um, yes, the integrity goes down a bit and it gets a bit hotter, but in comparison to the benefits it gives you, it's way way outweighed. So if you wanted to balance it, I'd I never would... even do one for an engine for an exploration ship though. That would be the last thing I do because if you want to jump a lot, if you're you're aiming to get somewhere really quickly and then do your exploration. Um, Maybe I'm doing exploration wrong. Well, it, well, there's no such thing as there's no such thing as an exploration wrong side be, being fair. But what it what you can do though is you can make your ship cooler by turning off several subsystems and putting them only back on when you need them. So the increase in heat you can offset by, for example, turning off the shields or or turning off. Um, your SRV bait. There are things you can do to right. get the heat down. Because, for example, on my Anaconda, because I've overcharged my power plant, I can run a 3D, I think it is, power plant for my Anaconda 
Mm-hmm. And that allows me to reach an excess of 80 light year jumps. If I had to have a bigger power plant, my 80 light year jump would be 75 ish or something. Whatever right. it is. So it, it does allow you to do that. And I think if you had a bigger downside to overcharging your power plant, then I think that maybe cause people, as you do, to think twice about doing it. And I can completely see where you're coming from with that. Um... I'm just I I don't have my I don't have my exploration anaconda I don't really I very rarely use my exploration anaconda build but I'm pretty sure it's got a three a size three power plant on it and it's not oversized I I must be I'm I'm only speaking through conjecture here because I don't know for certain but it it would surprise me if it was but no that's cool that's cool like I, again I'm quite happy to see your point of view on this I don't necessarily have to. Um, I'm not agreeing with you. I'm still not agreeing with you that these things, are, like it would need a big, that was the thing that needs overhauling. For me, it's the grind and how difficult it is for a beginner player to get into it. That is the thing that really needs the attention. Yeah. Hang on a second. I will actually agree with Psyche on this because the one thing that, I mean, I've, I've got three commanders at the moment and one, my main commander, he's fully engineered. He's got everything. He's got all the engineers all up to grade five. The other two, I can't face the grind again. I really can because I know how much work is in it. And the thought, the thought especially having to deal, deal with Marcus or Marco Quint or whatever the stupid bin, I can't face it. <laughs> the thing is, though, Colin, there's, there's two questions and the, the question that Frontier asked was about acquisition of engineering i i think what we were talking about the other week was what is engineering actually for and the two are completely separate and personally i feel the question maybe frontier should have been asking is what is engineering for and then follow it up with okay since we said what it's for how do you want to go about acquiring the engineered modules because they're two separate things and two actually quite important questions. Anyway, um, so uh, thanks to Snowstalker36 for that. It was, um, yeah, fantastic response. And uh, we always like getting our teeth into them. So uh, I think we shall do some shout-outs. Of course, not only um, Operation IDA are doing charity special dockers is doing a christmas charity special as well and uh yes let me just say it'll be slightly ruder a little bit i have to admit i I recorded my lines for that uh last oh the other day and did you need a shower after you'd finished (laughs) yeah yeah it doesn't surprise me um yeah i'm not i'm not gonna give any spoilers um Orifices were involved. <laughs> no, listen, <laughs> listen, Ben. You've you've already released enough filth from this show already. <laughs> oh my god, this has been this has been the worst, Ben, and it's all your fault. <laughs> Yay! We have broken the malarkey quota for this week. <laughs> oh, dear Dockers, subtitles. Someone has to empty your sack. <laughs> Obviously, Santa's sack. If any, if there's any younger people listening, uh, you think Arf gets a bigger sack than other people? Moving on, Sham. 
It's definitely thick with two C's for sure. Oh, sweet Jesus. They don't want to talk to us ever oh. again, will they? Right. On the subject of people that don't want to talk to us, and uh, no, seriously, it's all right. Um, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, they broadcast on a Thursday at 8.30. You can tune in to them at twitch.tv slash Hutton Orbital Truckers. Or if you just want the audio, then go to radio.forthemug.com. And the, even the chat room is joining in with you, Ben. This is not good. Sorry, Colin. What did little Big Yin say? I'm not saying. Now, for the discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash elite dangerous CQC. We're also giving shout outs to the following elite dangerous podcasts, which I'm still not looking at the chat room, <laughs> which have appeared over the last I year or so. I actually, I do think Little Biggin is actually talking about my most recent uh, DIY, where I was, I was doing oh, a lot of screwing, no, how do I and there were big and shiny crossheads. And moving on from there, we've got uh, Allograb AM, Black Sky Legion, who do other space sims as well as real life science. We have the Canon podcast for Spanish speakers. We have uh, the Elite cast. Uh, there's the Fatherhood podcast, Flight Assist. Um, who's been on Flight Assist lately? We had a break this week. Hmm. Um, last week. Oh shit! No, last week was Commander Garrett from um, the um, the wonderful human being who makes the BGS um, bot that's in a lot of people's discords and does um, the Elite BGS um, dot app, which is something that I've used a hell of a lot. And he's mm. wonderful, and it's a great conversation. Yeah, it, it's just a, so. And I think he must have recorded it on a highway. <laughs> he, he lives right next to uh, right next to a busy street in India so yeah make of that what you will <laughs> oh dear I, I mean I was enjoying what you were saying it's just some of the peeping in the background that got me um, there's also the guard frequency the loose screws and we have to salute uh, commander JN tracks for all his, his work so far there's also squeaking fuel and of course system chat uh, for those who want a literary discussion, you know, sort of more highbrow than this, which isn't difficult. Um, what do you mean? We had opera this week. <laughs> you can't get more highbrow than opera. We had uh, like it, we had like it, a good ten seconds of really highbrow. It's this. It's been kind of like going on the big one. You end up with this massive bit of a pinnacle of culture and. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, resonance right at the very top, and then Ben opens his mouth, and it feels like you're just going straight down the big dip, which actually sounds even worse. <laughs> going down Ben's big dip? No, the, not the big dip. No, no, Shh, I'm going to dig myself in a big hole. <laughs> anyway, the Day Slate podcast, as created by uh, Commander Station Commander Alan Stroud. Following this, we have the latest Galnet News Digest, as provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Betajude. And um, thanks to everybody who's chipped in on Twitch chat. Well, with the exception of a few people who's making these comments right now. Um, and Ben, have you had any people turn up around you? I have to be so careful what I say now, just in case. Someone can twist it. To find me. No, uh, it's fine. He, no, Commander Miggles did. Oh, good. Um, I, I was only outside of Life Station, but he did find me. 
and he eventually made it into my instance too. So that's a good. That's a win. <sighs> you you joining in, psychic? Eh, too psychic. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about, Colin. <laughs> Oh uh, dear! Uh, special thanks always go to Commander Tokuso for creating the music for the introduction of this show, which will be sorted in the edit. <coughs> um, has anybody got any other business that they quick like uh, quickly like to bring up? Yes. Go on then, Psychic. We're having a we're having a flight. This is Christmas party on Yay. Sunday the nineteenth. Um, we we're doing um. Because, because you know um, the Lave Radio um, phone in goes so well, um, we're having <laughs> we're having a little bit of like a prearranged small like a small little bit of conversation of topic with one person, moving on to the next, moving on to the next, etc. 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 What we normally do um, around uh, Christmas or special events, things like that. So um, that is on the nineteenth Sunday, the nineteenth of December at four pm. Um, which is 10 a.m. Central. And, um, yeah, our, our topics are, um, our main topic, let's say, is um, talking about um, how you've introduced friends and family to Elite and um, what your experiences are with introducing new people and spreading the joy and that kind of stuff. You know, we're, we talk really, we're really saccharine and sweet um, rather than this um, majestic cluster. <laughs> oh, God, no, I don't want that as a show. Did you just miss? Did you miss a word off this majestic cluster? I absolutely did. I decided. I decided to. I decided to censor myself, and I don't know why. <laughs> what would that be like? A faster clock? Absolutely, absolutely, it would. <sighs> right. Does anybody else need to unleash or? release themselves before before I do the final round. Well, I, I, well, I got a couple of things. First of all, I want to say a little big, big in. Uh, we've enjoyed emptying our massive load of joy this week as well. It's, it has been such an ejaculation of joy, I'm not going to lie. Oh, God. I hope no one ever forwards this to the Guardian podcast website for their review. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> I know Alan keeps on saying, you know, you should send one in, and I'm there going, no. <laughs> so is this going to be our nomi- nomination? Is it going to be our nomination for the um, Joy Injection Award or something? Yeah, Mother Fig saying how oh, he's bathing in Joy, and Colin is splattered in Joy. So yes, we've had Joy for everyone. You right, Colin, mate? You okay? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just trying to find the right Words. And 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 Miggles says that thank you to Ben because you allowed him to capture his load. I did give Miggles my load. That is true. I kind of forced it on him earlier, but did, yeah. Did he shoot it at you, or did he just? I shot him my load without even his permission. It's quite disgusting. Really. Always ask for consent. No means no. <laughs> yeah, but bar can mean anything. No. Right. <laughs> That's it for this episode of Leave Filthy Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with this filth, then you can email info at laveradio.com slash filth. Hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio filthy. Tweet us at laveradio with the hashtag we're filthy, aren't we? You can join our Discord server by you going to discord.io slash laveradio. We can. We also have a team speaker. Ah, team speaker? Look what you've done to me. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat, which is it sounds even rude in the in the chat now. You've got to spoil the outro. 
Now, you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Now, do get in touch. Oh, no, actually, don't get in touch. Just don't. I'm just just embarrassed. <laughs> You're right, Colin. I'm just... Oh, Lave Colin's Radio... going to be needing a shower tonight. Yeah, Lave Radio is recorded live, unfortunately, on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. There's no thanks to Psychit. There's no thanks to Ben. And there's definitely no thanks to... Uh... You're just not thanking Shan, are you? <laughs> no. I've been really good this week. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I've given pet tips on how to walk your cat. And even, and even demanding make your cat like a Bengal. And I can only apologise to today's tech specialist, uh, Point, uh, Point Nick Santiago. I, I am just so sorry at this. I really am. <laughs> so, until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly filthy. <laughs> News Digest, 23rd of November, 3307. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, if anyone can, Canon can. Dark clouds over Madrid. Brewer has something brewing. Thinking about the winking cats. And Benjamin the rodent. There's a quiet battle going on in Hit 43670 for the future of the Scrivener's Clan Dredger. Orion University is collecting data to try to win the trust of the Scrivener's Clan, and the friends of the Scrivener's are collecting equipment to repair the Dredger so the Scrivener's can go on their way without having to negotiate with the university. For some, 
It's a question of whether the Scrivener's Knowledge Core should be made public. For others, it's a matter of protecting an indigenous tribe from outside influence. If it wins out, Orion University will place academics on board the dredger and will analyse the content of the Scrivener's accumulated knowledge. It says it will not force the Scriveners to leave and it will not enforce its ownership of the dredger. But some observers are worried what impact opening up the knowledge core will have on Scrivener society. Then again, what if there's something really important hidden away in that knowledge base? Canon Research, the galaxy's most important research organisation, has noted that Orion University has changed its story and wonders whether it can be trusted. Canon is also concerned that the university is not offering to help repair the dredger, which is reported to be in a dangerous condition. Accordingly, Canon has chosen to help the Scriveners rather than OU. Using the slogan, Take Our Money, they've set up 23 fleet carriers in G-139-3 and LTT-17102 and are buying emergency power cells at three times the galactic average, giving loaders profits of more than 6,000 credits a tonne. Through this strategy, the Scrivener's appeal seems to be pulling slightly ahead of the Orion University campaign. But it is still a very close-run race, and there's every possibility that Orion University may try to claim a draw, or may even pull ahead before the campaigns come to an end early on Thursday morning. We can now take you to a live Canon press briefing from Commander LCU No Fool Like One aboard his fleet carrier. Canon are supporting the initiative to liberate the Scriveners because the Orion University's offer is simply not credible. They've changed direction more times than an anemometer in a hurricane or one of those cock things they used to have on top of places of worship on terror back in the Dark Ages. First they claimed ownership, then they claimed it was for welfare, and now they just want to accompany the Scriveners to some quiet corner of the galaxy away from prying eyes. It's clear they just want the knowledge core, no matter what the cost. I wouldn't trust Professor Perez as far as I could throw her on a 45G planet. I'm not sure she's fit for office. During her press conference, she started rambling on about Princess Astrophel and then started making the sound of a Sidewinder engine. <laughs> Clearly bonkers. An organisation like Canon that stands for Open Independent Science would love to host a backup for the Scriveners but we would never want to force them to hand it over. Our main concern is that the Knowledge Core is protected even if it remains in the hands of the Scriveners. We need to ensure that their vessel is able to move to a location where they can keep it maintained and we will do everything we can to achieve that. But who knows what the University will do if they lose the initiative. I would urge the Scriveners to allow us to take a backup so that it's safe from those... those... Those kleptomaniacs of the university. Now, I'll just read out some figures from our uh, from our initiative. How we're doing with the uh, the dredger? Um, forgive me. Forgive me. Uh, forgive me. Uh, forgive me. We're doing very well. With hostages on the Steel Majesty megaship, and with the ruling faction ready to come out fighting to defeat Marlinism, it's a surprise that conflict hasn't broken out yet. It seems to be only a matter of time 
before the Epsilon Phanasis Empire group tries to take the NMLA-controlled megaship, or perhaps Theta-7 will come out of hiding to detonate an enzyme bomb in Madrid to help the NMLA cause. The affiliated counter-terrorism unit, presented with a megaship full of terrorists, says it is unable to act because of the hostages. With tensions running high, it's only a matter of time before matters are taken out of Act's hands, with potentially disastrous results for the hostages. Fleet carrier manufacturer Brewer plans to complete the chain of 56 static megaships linking the bubble to Colonia by the end of this week, and they have something special in store for the new year. The reward of double-engineered frameshift drives that was handed out at the conclusion of Phase 2 of the project have been confirmed to take experimental effects such as deep charge and mass manager. If you want a lightweight anaconda with a fuel-managed base jump range in excess of 90 light-years and you have one of these modules, you're in luck. And Brewer made it clear that for Phase 3 of the Colonia Bridge project they will again be offering these highly capable frameshift drives. They won't even hint at what Phase 3 will be, but whatever it is, you'll need to wait until January. There's a fair bit of speculation going round about what the sticky-fingered winking cat crew is up to. In the past month, they've stolen a ceremonial playing card from the Joker's Deck Gambling Club, an enormous portrait of a long-dead emperor, and a prototype security robot. The robot comes from the Achilles Corporation, a corporation that was rocked by scandal three years ago when it was discovered that their personal assistant robots had been modified to act as spies. In this latest incident, the prototype robot was stolen despite a guard of Model 801 security robots, which seem to have been disabled by the thief, which suggests that they're perhaps not very good security robots. No matter what is stolen, it's replaced by an image of a winking cat. The Warglass Detective Agency, which has been hired to recover the missing playing card, believes that the winking cat may have some specific plans for all the stolen goods. The winking cat also seems to take pride in getting into the most secure locations, such as the Scrivener's Clan Dredger. Orion University has been trying for weeks to get into that ship with no success. It would be entirely commensurate with the criminal's sense of wit and their delight in making political statements for them to secretly board the dredger and steal the contents of the Knowledge Core. And days later, when Orion University finally manages to board and when they power up that Knowledge Core, they will be distinctly unamused to find that the Knowledge Core consists of the galaxy's finest collection of cute cat memes. The news that Commander Adel Weiss of Lave Radio is training to become a fuel rat has caused dismay on several fronts. There have been reports of accidental ramming of clients, accompanied by a muffled tee-hee-oo-er-missis sound. There have been reports of hatchbreaker limpets being inadvertently used and of the expiring commander's last sight being 700 tonnes of palladium spilling into the void. There have been reports of stranded commanders having their life support accidentally refilled with hydrogen, which allows them to curse Commander Le Vice in a very high voice for a very short time prior to their Remlock ride home. 
More importantly, Lave Radio's own emergency response team has objected to what they see as Commander Levice's treachery in signing up to a different emergency service. Lave Radio's bio-waste badgers gently heat recycled tapes of Lave Radio episodes, which comprise the finest bio-waste to be found anywhere in the galaxy, this side of Deso at any rate, to release methane. They then forcibly refuel commander's ships with this foul-smelling gas, whether they need fuel or not, and then giggle like schoolchildren as the rescued commander's ship squeaks and farts its way into hyperspace. You'd have thought the bio-waste badgers would be a perfect match for Commander Adler Weiss. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to. (laughs) 